It's time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Over these past few weeks, we've had a chance to be talking about parenting, not just parenting, not just you as a parent, but how to raise thriving children. I think that's the task for us as parents to, to get those kids to a place where they are thriving adults. And part of that, obviously, is us thriving as people. But there are some other pieces that we've been talking about these few weeks about how to help your kids specifically towards that effort, that, that place where they're thriving in life. And remember, I've never said that thriving meant that there were no issues in life, and I think that the actual thing is the opposite, that part of thriving is how you take on the inevitable difficult times in life, whether it's a job loss or a relationship heartbreak or difficult illness at times or losses or other places where we just naturally struggle in life. There's just no way in this bumpy world to get through without confronting some difficult times. So our task as parents is to walk with our kids as they're growing up and teach them the skills, not take them over, but teach them the skills of how to thrive. So over these past few weeks, we've been talking about some of those different skills. One is we talked about resilience just as a mindset that there are researchers who have finally understood along the way for about the past 40 or 50 years that no matter what life throws, there were some people who kept on walking. Though no matter what happened, that life tripped them up, no matter what happened, that life put opposition in front of them, they were able to continue to walk forward, to, to continue to be great citizens of the world. And part of thriving is how you move beyond just resilience. Resilience is when something bad happens, you get back to your baseline. I've come to believe that there is there is something about the struggle that can make us stronger. I mean, as I look, that's kind of what happens anywhere in life. If if you want to get stronger in your body, you challenge your body and your body doesn't just get back to where it was. It moves to a stronger place. And so we take on more and more difficult things in life so that we have those resilient muscles, but not just resilient muscles thriving muscles, places where we understand how we can take it to that next place. We talked about the fact that I believe that there are really two paradigms of parenting. One is that your child is an egg, the other is your child is a ball. And the egg concept is that, you know, we we believe that kids will shatter if something happens to them. The ball concept is that children will bounce, at least when they're taught how to bounce, they'll bounce. And the problem is when we parent as if they are eggs, they grow up to believe that they are eggs, that they believe they're fragile and that somebody else needs to keep them safe. But if we teach them to be balls, they learn to bounce no matter what's going on. And so when the difficult times come, they bounce. But not only do they bounce, they bounce higher. They get to a better place than they were before. We also talked some about teaching those thriving principles. I'm kind of big on those since I wrote the book, Thrive Principles. And so I believe that we can, in our own actions, in our own life, and in our discussions with our kids, teach our kids how to use those natural rules, those, those ways that we can thrive better. So how to take responsibility in life, how to understand those thoughts that run around it and cause us problems, how to live in gratitude and appreciation, how to find a life of impact that has meaning and purpose for all, all of us. That's those Thrive Principles and how we teach them. 
We also talk that kids need to be allowed to struggle. Remember the turtles? When baby turtles are hatched out of their eggs, they have to make the crawl down to the ocean or they don't activate the muscles that they're going to need when they get into the ocean. That was one of my biggest learning metaphors of parenting, that those little turtles can crawl out. And and the spectators around, the, the turtle patrols around, the people watching around can make sure that no uh, vermin get to them, no, no obstacles get in their way, that nothing eats them along the way, but they've got to do the work. And sometimes part of parenting is staying just out of you, making sure that nothing swoops in and gets the, the child. But, and I mean that metaphorically, by the way, not, not like the fox or the seagulls or anything, but metaphorically, those places where we just keep them safe from a distance while they are taking their own time or taking their own energy or taking their own steps to get to that right place. You think about that with a baby. If every time a baby decided that the baby wanted to walk, you picked the baby up and carried it to wherever the baby wanted to get to, the baby never learns the skills of walking. And we don't ever get beyond that, right? The baby doesn't learn the skills of walking. The baby doesn't learn the skills of running or how to be their own person, how to be in charge of their own life. And so in some ways, we, we already understand this concept. We just need to remember that when we're watching them hurt, when we're watching them struggle, when we're watching them deal with tough times. So they need some coaching from the sideline to make sure that they continue to take on those tasks that actually do leave them stronger. And then last week, I talked about the shift from expectation to agreement, that really part of what gets us in trouble in life is that we have these expectations. I expect you to do this rather than agreements. Can we agree to this? I talked about that concept of making sure that we're in agreement with people rather than an expectation of them because expectations just get us to kind of baseline, to zero. And that's never very satisfying for anyone. But if we teach people or make agreements with people and teach people to make agreements, then we're on the same page. And then if something doesn't happen, we can talk about why it didn't happen. I thought we had agreed upon that. What do we do from here? So agreements are a great way of helping to teach this thriving path through life. So today I want to share some final thoughts, just kind of loose ends along the way, really five different final thoughts as you move forward and think about how to help your child thrive. The first one is that great saying that Stephen Covey made so popular, begin with the end in mind begin with the end in mind. I always think about that. You know, when you take a trip, you need to know where you're trying to go. If you remember the scene with Alice in Wonderland asking the Cheshire cat how, how to go, which way to go, the Cheshire cat says, where do you want to go? And, and Alice says, I'm not quite sure. And Cheshire cat says, then anyway, we'll get you there. And that's the same kind of in life. You know, if you've decided that you're going to go on a route that helps you decide how to get there. Years ago, my family decided to take a trip out to the Grand Canyon and back. Uh, my wife uh, found out that uh, my brother was going to be doing a big thing in Texas. And now Texas is almost straight south, almost due south of us. Not quite, but almost due south of us. And so she said, well, while we're doing that, why don't we just go to the Grand Canyon? And I said, well, okay, but that's not on the map. But let's do that anyway, because that's kind of a fun journey. And so we now had plotted our course. We would go from our house to Texas and from Texas to the Grand Canyon and from the Grand Canyon back to our house. Once we knew the basic places, the end we wanted to get to, 
then we could begin to plot the course to get there. But until then, it was worthless if we said, hey, let's just take a trip. Okay, well, let's just take a trip. You can do that. My grandparents, uh, one of their things years ago was they, they would decide that they had so much money. So they would decide to take a trip and, and they would choose a direction and they would head off for that trip. And when they had spent half of their money, they would turn around and start hit at home. And so they, they did this based on a resource. You know, the, the design of the, the whole plan was based on the resource. Half the resource gone, it's time to turn around and come back. And that was a meandering kind of a journey, which is kind of an interesting adventure, but probably not the one you want in terms of parenting. And so to sit down and, and think about this question, what do I want my child to be as an adult? What kind of person do I want my child to be? What, what kind of, of characteristics do I want within my child? What skills do I think my child needs? And now you have a destination. You've chosen the destination based on thinking through where you want your child to end. Now, your child might disagree with you, but you get to at least chart that starting point. What you see is that place that you want your child to be. As you think about that, let me caution you that I'm not talking about you want your child to be a doctor or an attorney or a business owner or NBA star or NFL star or whatever it is that you know, kind of comes as a role, but who they are in their character, how they approach life, how they interact with the world, how they enter into relationships. Those are the questions that I think you pick on how you want them to turn out. What is your hope for them? Because then you've chosen the end. And then you can walk back and begin to think about what you want to teach them, how you want to guide them towards that path. Remember, we talked about this the very first week, that how your child makes choices later on, it's not on you. You do the best you can at parenting, but at some point it's up to your child to decide how your child's going to act and who they're going to be. And so whatever choices you make along the way, Remember, your child might make other choices. And so your task in this question is simply to think about best case scenario, who do you want your child to be? What characteristics do you want from your child? What characteristics do you want your child to express into the world? So that's the first thing. Begin with the end in mind. The second thing is to understand that parenting, the task of parenting is about making yourself obsolete. Parenting is about obsolescence. A child should not always be dependent upon a, child, a parent. And what I've noticed that many times is that parents seem to miss this. They kind of nurture a dependence from a child. They don't mean to, but they've never remembered that their task is to get themselves out of the child's way down the road, that the child shouldn't need a parent. Now, you can always be around and be a loving, supportive person for your child. So I'm not saying that you exit the scene as much as you stop being necessary in the process, that your child takes on the necessary traits to get to adulthood and, and, and be in adulthood by themselves. So parenting is about obsolescence. I used to say this as a therapist. My job was to put myself out of business. There are always tasks ahead of me and always people who needed more help. But my job, as I conceptualize it, was to put myself out of business, that I didn't need to be somebody's therapist for life. I didn't need to be their coach for life. I didn't need to be you know, their consultant for life. I needed to teach the skills and help them understand and have a different reference point so that I was obsolete. So remember that your task is obsolescence. Years ago there was this idea of the perfect parent. 
And research began to, to have uh, the thought that maybe the task wasn't to be the perfect parent. Because if you are the absolute perfect parent, why would your child ever need to leave? And so the task was suddenly to be the good enough parent that you did enough that your child was equipped to go in the world, but that your child then goes in the world. That's about becoming obsolete for that child. So remember that the parenting task is obsolescence. We're here to put ourselves out of business. We might take up a new business of being grandparents down the road, but at least in the role of parenting, your task is obsolescence as you move forward. Which brings us to number three, to remember that perfect parenting is impossible and that's okay. At the end of the day, I've talked with many parents who just say, I don't know how I did today. You know, I get to the end of the day and I just worry about what damage I've done to that child. And my response is, you don't have to do it perfectly. You do the best you can. You, you don't, it's not an excuse, right? And that brings us uh, to that number four, which is that's not a reason to fly by the seat of your pants because number three is you can't do it perfectly doesn't mean you just give up and do the fly by the seat of your pants. But to understand, to give yourself some grace, a little bit of distance, and to realize that your task really is to be the best parent you can be, not the perfect parent. There are many events that I can look back in as a parent and say, ha, oh, man, I didn't do as well as I wished. There are some conversations that at the end of it, I have to go back and say, you know what, I'm sorry, that didn't come from a good place. I had that just a few weeks ago where a conversation went sideways with one of my kids and I had to step back and say, that's not the way I wanted that to go. Let's try again. And the task is to remember that you don't have to do it perfectly. That doesn't mean you give up and just say, well, then willy-nilly, you know, we'll just let it go and I'll fly by the seat of my pants. I do believe that there is the need to have some ideas in your back pocket, to have some places, some reference points. So we start back with that reference number one is beginning with the end in mind, and at every step along the way, reflecting on that end you're trying to get to. Because over time, we tend to kind of shift if we're not aware of that. We have to compensate. Another idea that Stephen Covey talked about is that whenever you're headed from one place to another, if you're flying in a plane, you recognize that you have to course adjust. And this is another one of those great ideas. You don't want to be always course adjusting if you're driving your car down the road and you keep drifting into another lane. But if you're in a plane, it's a much better, it's a much better idea that as you're flying through, the winds come through and they push you off your course and you have to course correct. There are some times in the parenting moments where you have to course correct and you say, gosh, you know what? I'm, I'm not where I want to be. We're not where we need to be. I'm not doing the parenting I want to. And you make a shift. And that life is about realizing that you have to course correct and being willing to do the course correction, not too proud to make a course correction, not too proud to apologize, to say, let's try that again, to even retrench and try again, to step back when maybe you push too hard and to step in when maybe you didn't step in strong enough. And that's part of the parenting task, to course correct as we go. We don't have to do it perfectly, but we don't have to do it by the seat of our parents. We have to know where instead of the seat of our pants, we have the map. We have an idea. We have a concept of where we're trying to get to. And because of that, we course correct when we realize that we're not on course or we're not as true on course as we want. Which brings us to the last thing I want to talk about. And that's to enjoy the ride because it ends quickly. My kids now are into adulthood. 
I've got one who's at 24 and the other at 21. And uh, as I look at that, I realize that they are into adulthood. That doesn't mean my task of parenting is over, but it's changing. And I think about how, how many times <laughs> things wrapped up along the way. I've talked about this before on another podcast of, you know, you never know the last time. And I remember this so, so brightly with my kids when, you know, sometimes an event will happen. And I'll realize that was the last time. For several years, we've said, well, that might have been our last family vacation. And then we, we get a reprieve and have another one. But I also remember the day when I realized that that was the last time that I would drive my kids to school. I remember the day when it was the last time that I would uh, be a part of some area of their life, whether it was Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts or something, that, that they were suddenly outgrowing those pieces. They were the last times when we would enjoy something together. And, and life is about realizing the last, time, last times almost after the fact. And so remember to enjoy the ride. Be mindful of that. Be involved in that and, and take pleasure in it. I think a lot of times when I hear parents, they, they talk as if this is the longest sentence of their life until it's over, and then they have the longest grief of their life over what's happened. And so remember to enjoy the ride. Enjoy your kids. Enjoy your relationship with them. Even enjoy the challenges along the way, because you know what? You're growing through those challenges. You're learning to thrive through the challenges of a parenthood and adulthood. One of my, my wife often quotes this, this one quote, that the days are long, but the years are short. And that's so true that, you know, sometimes that you get through the end of a day with your kids and you are exhausted. And yet the years fly by. I can't believe the years have flown by in my own life as a, as a parent and realizing that along the way, you know, sometimes I was just going, I can't wait for this day to be over instead of saying, wow. I want this day to go on and, and enjoy it as much as I can. And so remember to enjoy the ride. Remember to enjoy your parenting moments, even the struggling moments. Remember to take it on as your own opportunity for growth. Take it on as your opportunity to thrive more as you're teaching your child to thrive. If you'd like to learn more about thriving, I invite you to grab my book, Thrive Principles. Thrive Principles are 15 strategies for building your thriving life. You can learn more at thethriveprinciples.com. That's thethriveprinciples.com. Thanks for being a part of this series on parenting for thriving kids. And we will be back again next week with another edition of the Thriveology Podcast. Welcome to the Thrive Nation. listening to the Thriveology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thriveology.com or at thriveologymagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it.